0: Welcome to episode eight of the Mass Business Podcast. My name is Matt Ward. I am your host, professional speaker, author, and referral consultant. And today we have a fantastic guest for you. Her name is Ashley Dochin. Ashley has chosen to focus on estate planning after watching her dad and uncle navigate the probate process and witnessing firsthand how important planning is to families. She is passionate about helping families create happy, secure futures knowing they left behind a legacy that goes far beyond money. She's also been featured in Money Geek, The Confident Retirement, Liz on Biz, and now the Mass Business Podcast. On a more personal note, she's a mom to two young children, loves going to the beach, traveling, and reading business books like my book, more word-of-mouth referrals, lifelong customers, and raving fans. Please join me in welcoming Ashley to our podcast. Are you ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Mass Business Podcast, where small business owners, also known as risk takers, share their stories about the growth of their business and themselves. Our interviews and our content is focused on growing a small business and understanding networking and referrals. I say it all the time, and I'll say it again today. You never know where your next referral will come from. Welcome to episode eight of the podcast, Ashley. Thanks for joining us.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Absolutely. So you hail from Concord, Massachusetts, which uh, is what that, the Minutemen, right? The Minutemen were there.
1: Exactly. (laughs) There we go.
0: So you do estate planning. Tell the audience who's listening on their favorite podcast app or watching on YouTube what exactly it is that you do.
1: So I've been focusing on helping families um, mostly between the ages of, I would say, 35 to about 60 seems to be my key demographic. And what we do is we help them look at what their goals for their life are and what they'd like to happen after they pass away so that we can make sure that we come up with a plan that's going to protect them, protect their assets, and help them leave their family with a legacy that they actually want versus the mess that we see so many times. On- the, one,
0: the one that the state gives us yes. or takes <laughs> from us, or however that all works. I just know one thing. At the end of the day, I don't want them meddling in my affairs, so I need stuff to protect my things.
1: Right? Exactly. And so we kind of start with, you know, here's the state's plan for you. What do you like about it? What do you hate about it? And <laughs> what can we do to fix it?
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. And folks, if you're listening, if you want the government to do anything with your stuff, you probably shouldn't be listening to this podcast. <laughs> this not the way to go. So, um, You know, we talk a lot about small businesses and and the growth of a small business. And we define a small business not how the government (laughs) defines it at $250 million or less. We define it as like 10 or less. And the expanded audience is more like 20 people or less in the company. But most of the people that are listening to this podcast are one and two person companies, right? That's what you are, right? I mean, it's you. Exactly. Um, What has been your growth trajectory? How long have you been doing this? And what's it been like to, To to build a business and grow.
1: Yeah, I started my business December 1st of 2017. And in some ways, I'm kind of glad that I didn't understand all of the things that went into owning a business. Um, But I did learn, you know, pretty quickly. I went to law school. I did not go to business school. I didn't really know how to run a business. I had this false sense that if I set up an office, if I created a website, people would just come. Um, and I didn't realize all the behind the scenes networking pieces of it and the referral partners. And so, you know, really that first year was a really big eye opener for me. Uh And I learned a lot. Thankfully, I had some good mentors and they passed on some really good pieces of information, but, um, you know, I think every year has gotten a little bit easier. And I think now, you know, three and a half years out, we're getting to the point where we have that community built, and we have our referral partners, you know, kind of nailed down a little bit more. And it's easier to kind of be able to judge what people need, or or how Uh to explain what we do to other people so that we can get those relationships. Yeah. And I
0: think, you know, you bring up something very interesting, Ashley, is that, you know, I, for 16 years, I owned a web company in Gardner and (laughs) in concert web solutions. And um, I used to always tell people, you can build a website, but they're not going to come. Like, that's not how this, this is not field of dreams. Like you, this (laughs) is just a website is never done. Like, it's just one part of your marketing strategy. But funny enough, the way I sold websites wasn't through the website. Our own website was not the way. I sold websites through networking. Exactly. (laughs) Networking (laughs) groups and chamber groups and going out and meeting people and going to every independent networking group out there. Everything I could find on Eventbrite and Meetup and Network After Work and BNI and AmSpirit, all these different places. I would go to all these places and I would meet all these people and then I would build these relationships. How important in your mind is networking and relationships as a whole.
1: Honestly, I think it's one of the most important pieces, you know, the website, like you said, is important. Um, it's a good place for people to be able to go find, you know, kind of base level information. We upload blog posts, um, weekly, and, you know, we can see that people are coming and looking at it, but almost none of my clients will say that they found me online. Um, usually it's a referral of some kind and, um, you know, same as you, when I started the office, once I realized how important networking was, it's going to every networking event that you can find and then getting business cards and following up. And, you know, I had somebody tell me that you should schedule seven to 10 meetings a week, um, follow up to those people that you meet at networking events to get to know more about them, get to know about their business and see how you can benefit them without Mm -hmm. really having to worry about how they're going to benefit you initially.
0: Oh, I need my soundboard. Can I get an amen? That's exactly (laughs) what we're trying to do. We're trying to, so in my book, I wrote that people don't do business with who they know, like, and trust. They do business with who they know, like, trust, and care about. And if you take interest in other people, if you care about them, if you help them grow, if you give them knowledge, give them effort, give them education, if you invest in other people, they will invest in you and they will do that by reciprocity. They
1: mm-hmm. will
0: give you referrals. That's why one of the old school B and I mentalities is givers gain. The more you give, the more you'll get. That's what Ivan Meisner wrote in his in his book. It's what B and I was the foundation of. And you know, for those people that like B and I or don't like B and I, that's an irrelevant topic. The point is the structure behind it, the principles behind it. Are, are what drive people they work you know and uh in any networking group you go to whether it's being i related or not you you find that in order to develop trust you have to invest in others and i think that's a big part of it you know my grandfather told me when i was 18 that uh it's who you know not what you know
1: exactly I, i've heard that I, <laughs> fa- I
0: fought him on it ashley I said, no, no, no. If I get into a conversation with somebody and I don't know what I'm talking about, I'm gonna look like an idiot. And I'll never forget, I was 18. He was the judge for the Social Security Administration in Washington, DC. And he said, Boy, let me tell you, it's who you know, not what you know. And now, you know, when I was like 30 something years old, I realized, oh God, I hate that my granddad was right. You know. <laughs> so a- as you're constantly growing this small business, uh, You know, we're focused on season one about educating yourself and and, and the theme behind our season is just that, you know, a a business owner never stops growing, right? We're always trying to learn new stuff. So tell me, what have you learned recently?
1: Honestly, recently I learned that I was spending so much time trying to streamline processes for the intake for clients and Mm -hmm. to make sure that everything was as simple for them as possible. And I really was not aware of all the technology out there and ways that you can integrate everything to actually make it as seamless as I thought that I was making it. Um, (laughs) So that's been a really big eye opener for me. And it's cut down on the amount that I actually have to do every day. Um, You know, I don't have to remember to send out the confirmation email and send us yeah. the questionnaire packet. All right.
0: So let me stop you right there. Cause everybody's going to want to know what are you using? What tools are you using to make this happen?
1: So I started using infusion soft. And uh-huh. um, so I linked it with um, appointment core and then I set up templates and things like that. So that when somebody books an appointment, they automatically get the reminder email with the mm. zoom link, the appointment location, the appointment time, and then they get another email that follows up with, here's the link to the form online that you can fill out. You can save it. You can go back to it, you know, versus before I was sending out paper versions and asking people to mail it back to me and (laughs) nobody really wants to go to the post office.
0: (laughs) I thought you might actually send me a fax about this podcast. come on, no one's doing that. Who's going, yeah, no. Um,
1: So I thought in my mind, you know, mailing out these paper forms, people were like, oh, great. We can fill it out. We can take our time and we'll just mail it back. But nobody wants to do that.
0: No, they Um, don't. Now, did you implement all that stuff for yourself or did you get help?
1: I got help. Um, So I had been talking to another estate planning lawyer that I know. And she had mentioned that there was this person she was using out in Colorado who just worked with estate planning lawyers and got everything set up and built out and kind of squared away. And then you take it over and, you know, you can you can access it. She can access it and just make sure that everything runs really smoothly. And honestly, it's it's made a huge difference. I think my clients are a lot happier. I'm a lot happier.
0: That's. that's so great. I mean, we've been talking with a lot of past guests about the need to outsource certain things. And we're going to talk a lot more about that in season three, outsourcing your weakness, but finding the right help, finding the right talent, but focusing on the right things is I think big key in small business. Do you struggle with, uh, with, with identifying the things to focus on to grow the business versus doing the tactical work of an estate planner?
1: Yeah, I've definitely struggled with that. Um, You know, like I said before, I realized really quickly I didn't go to business school. Trying to figure out how to prioritize tasks and how to, you know, delegate um, is something that I've had to become a lot better about. So in the last year and a half, I've been working with a business coach. And it's been really helpful um, because I have somebody else to keep me accountable Mm -hmm. and to make sure that I'm actually doing the things that I say I want to do. And I'm hitting my goals versus, you know, just continuing to push them out because I didn't learn to delegate or I didn't prioritize the right things. Mm -hmm. Um, So I feel like I've learned a lot more about my business, honestly, in the last year and a half since I hired her. So. What one, what one
0: tip would you give the listening audience, whether it's on their favorite podcast app or watching on YouTube, what one tip would you give them in regards to hiring a business coach? What's the one thing that kind of tipped the iceberg for that coach that you hired?
1: Yeah, so I found one that she only works with a state planning attorney. So she is familiar with, you know, the ins and outs of how to start a law firm, how to grow the law firm and a little bit about, you know, the the various pieces that go into it, but I think finding somebody who's specialized a little bit more and exactly what you're doing and what you're trying mm-hmm. to do versus, you know, just picking any business coach because, you know, your friend used them or your mm-hmm. neighbor used them and you just got their name and they don't necessarily focus on, on one type of thing. Because I think that as you grow and expand, there's so many um, areas that start to become honed in a little bit more to exactly what you're doing instead of a generalized business.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And I, you know, I wrote in my new book, it's coming out in the fall of this year that we need to niche down into the target market as service providers as a whole, you know? Yeah. Um, and you talked about sort of the age range, uh, <clears throat> but there are so many other service providers, whether they're coaches, consultants, um, videographers, photographers, um, it doesn't matter, you know, the virtual assistants, people like that. Once they, I think it's important for them to hear you say that you chose somebody who specializes in the market that you work in um, because that's validation that they should be doing that. But most, most business owners don't do that because they, the fear that they have is that they're going to be giving up work. And that what I wrote about in my book is that it's not that you're not going to take a client who's not in that market. It's just that when you spend time, money and effort to market, your business, you're going to do so in that market
1: yeah. and
0: you're probably going to be the only fish in that pond.
1: Yeah. And I mean, um, how many other
0: coaches did you run across that just coach estate planning attorney? None. Right. Very, Yeah, none.
1: None. I think, um, <laughs> since I met her, she's mentioned a couple other business coaches that she knows that they just, or she
0: knows her competitors in. that are in the industry as well.
1: Right. But there were really there weren't many. And it's it's surprising, honestly, because, you know, like you said, when you start to really focus in on on what your target market is, um, yeah, you take people outside of it, but it just makes your whole life that much easier. And it makes it easier to, you know, find your ideal clients and, and you know, find the best ways to help them versus trying to appeal to everybody. And you can't please everybody all the time.
0: No, you can't. Um, tell me what you're struggling with in small business now. Let's be authentic and yeah, uh, transparent <laughs> with the audience. What's the biggest struggle in small business right now for you?
1: I am still struggling with the delegation piece of things. Um, I recently... Brought somebody on to kind of start to pass off smaller tasks. And, you know, maybe by the end of the year, I'll, I'll work my way up to passing off some of the larger things uh-huh. and actually bringing on a second person. But delegating for me has been really hard because it's just when I do something, I know it's going to get done. And I don't necessarily have the so, same level. I, this, I've stuff. talked
0: about this. I've talked about this on previous episodes of the podcast. The The mantra that I have for everybody is trust, but verify. Yes. Right. Because done is better than perfect.
1: Exactly. Right.
0: So you can review the stuff. You can, you can verify that the work is getting done. And once that level of trust continues to rise, once you verified it, you're going to delegate more. Um, on episode seven, we had Shannon Ortega on, and he talked about how he hired, Brought on somebody to manage his calendar, and she looked at him and said, "Shannon, your calendar's full next week." He's like, "Yeah," and she goes, "Well, that's what you hired me to do. What do you (laughs) need me for?" He's like, "Yeah, I I need to do a better job at delegating, right?" (laughs) So, um, so the problem I see with small business owners, I see this with my referral clients all the time, is that they are so worried about something getting done that they do it themselves and then what happens is there's all these other tasks that don't get done exactly so what i don't was selling shannon was done is better than perfect
1: it's true and i've been trying to remind myself that this year and it's been one of my new year's resolutions was to become a better delegator and slowly i think i'm getting there um it's getting easier. And I think that yeah. if you, know, you pick like-
0: the small things off, Ashley, pick the smallest, smallest things that are on your plate, the smallest, most basic things and delegate those. Okay. And then just check them when they're done and you'll be fine. And then you'll okay. be like, Oh, okay. That wasn't bad. Or you'll correct <laughs> and then it. be
1: happy to delegate the rest. And then
0: you're going to go up the list from smallest to largest or least urgent, to um, urgent or whatever it might be, however, you're making that list. And as the trust grows over time, you'll feel more confident on it. And uh, I, that's what I had to do, right? I was a small business solopreneur. And the next thing you know, I had eight employees, right? And so if I wasn't able to delegate, the one thing I knew when I owned an agency, Ashley, was that I didn't want to design anything. I, You did not want me to design your website. I can give you a vision. I can give you an idea I can give you suggestions of what should go in it. And my job was to make sure I wrote those down on the paperwork of the contract you signed so that I could give it to my team. (laughs) And I would always sit with my client and say, listen, okay, we're going to work together. That's great. This is probably the last time you're going to talk to me until your website's done. Because when I get involved, it derails the whole project. I should not get involved. You don't want me building your website. If you have questions, you have concerns, I'm always available but that's why I have a team. So let's get you over to them. And yeah. it was always, and when they call me, they ask for a, an update. I'd say, I, did you call the project manager? I have no idea. <laughs> like, I have no clue. I'll call the project manager for you if you want. So it's like, it's it's also making sure that, that as business owners, I think one of the big takeaways about this whole thing is getting it in our own heads that the more involved we are, the more, in the way we are. And things don't actually flow as smooth. I want to be very transparent about this. Um, the company that I sold has been doing far better since I've gone. <laughs> They're making more money. And it's, very, it's because we're control freaks as business owners. We're the visionaries. And so, you know, but we shouldn't do the tactical stuff. It's a challenge in law practice, too, because you're the one who's licensed to do the law work. But yeah. that's why I think the law the law firms that I've seen be very successful are the ones that have great supporting staff members, the great um, paralegals and office administrators and people like that that can do all that stuff, prep all that work. And now all you're having to do is review it and make the changes. and those type
1: of Yeah, thing. no, I definitely agree with that. And, you know, that's definitely something I'm striving to do, you know, this yeah. and, and into next year is. You know get one person who i feel comfortable delegating to that you know can take over a big chunk and then maybe next year you know bring on somebody else if i feel like i need to maybe bring on another attorney to do you know the the types of cases that i get phone calls for but i really don't enjoy doing um so i think over the next couple years we'll probably expand a lot more but Right now, delegation. As I like
0: to say, you're gonna look for rock stars, you're gonna end up with roadies, and eventually (laughs) you'll get a rock star.
1: Exactly.
0: I've been there. I've I've had plenty of roadies when I thought I was hiring a rock star. Now I've got a rock star and I'm super happy with her. So it's great. Um, yeah, that's really exciting. I I I, I, this is some great stuff, and 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 I, I hope that the listeners are hearing. And, and 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 seeing the types of stuff that ashley's talking about with her growth of her company um make sure that you're interacting with us on the facebook page <clears throat> ashley and i will both be answering questions that you have with it i'm not going to answer any questions we're going to estate planning um but if it's about the business the infusions off stuff if you're an estate planner and want to connect with her about her coach or her infusions off implementer person I'm sure she'd be happy to connect you and, and also the comments here on YouTube. Um, if you want to reach out to Ashley for Estate Planning Services, she's based in Concord, Mass. Um, Ashley, how can people get in touch with you?
1: So they can either send me an email, um, adchin at law. com, or they can call me at 617-716-9715.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, for those of you that haven't thought about getting an estate plan done, uh, you really got to do something. I mean, I was I was uh, today years old. No, I, I actually have one done um, and uh, done it the right way and invested in it. It's a good investment to have. Um, you got to find the right fit person for it. Um, you often don't think that you're old enough for an estate plan if you're 23 or 25. But that doesn't mean you can't have a conversation to figure out when is the right time for you. Uh, you definitely don't want to leave stuff to the state, and uh, and obviously, if you're in the business of serving people, connecting with Ashley as a referral partner might be a great a great idea. If you're a business attorney, you know, if you're a CPA, financial advisor, those those type of people are going to be great contacts for Ashley as well. So make sure you reach out to her. Uh, appreciate you listening to episode eight on your favorite podcast app or watching it right here on YouTube. Until next week. Or actually until tomorrow mm-hmm. in the next episode. Take care, everybody. I'm waking up this morning. Gonna grab myself a smile. Thank you for listening to the Mass Business Podcast, where we focus on growing a small business and understanding networking and referrals. Don't forget to like on your favorite platform and share out this podcast. This show has been produced by Heather Grant, music by Celtic Kelly, all rights reserved. I'm your host, professional speaker, author, and word of mouth referral consultant, Matt Ward. Don't forget to live happy, smile a lot, and high five everyone around you.
1: Feeling all right.